0: on the edge of a fen fireflies light the misty air down beneath the root wall lies my den, my lair the filtered moonlight trickles down through the branches of the trees shining on the spanish moss that's swaying in the breeze all the frogs go silent as i go passing by Even the night hawks, they stifle their cries. While the alligator sleeps in his duckweed pond. I silently lap up water, then I swiftly abscond. There's mud in my veins and muck in my arteries. My breath is like sulfur, keeps away the mosquitoes and fleas. My teeth are sharper than Greenbrier thorns, my heart is the place where bitterness is born. At daybreak, the red winged blackbirds sing of my misdeeds as they flit and flap and fly around in the cattail reeds. They sing, Swamp and Wolf, don't let the darkness engulf. There's someone that you need to find. They sing, Swamp and Wolf. Don't let the darkness go. You need someone to change your mind. You need someone to open your mind. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Swamp and Wolf podcast. I'm your host, Chris Garza. And this week I have my coworker, Molly Lenahan, on the podcast. Um Molly's really great. We've been working in the field a lot. Um, And, of course, I've been talking about all the same kind of stuff that I talk about on the podcast with her. She also listens to the podcast, so we talk um, about stuff that she heard from other episodes. Uh, And a lot of times in the podcast when I'm saying, oh, my coworker and I were talking about this or that, I'm usually referring to Molly because, you know, we're constantly talking about this stuff uh, when we're working together. And so, um, a little warning, there are some spoilers in this episode. Uh, We talk a bit about um, The Alchemist. So, um, it's a book that she recommended to me, and it was, I I really loved it. Um, So, I recommend it. Uh, On the other hand, if you are going to um, read the book... You might want to skip this episode until after you read it. Um, if you're that type of person. So just a little warning there. Um, but otherwise, I hope you really enjoy this episode and I'll talk to you when it's over. Alright. Hey, this is the Swamp and Wolf Podcast. I'm sitting here with my coworker Molly. Hi so, guys, it's Molly. <laughs> uh go ahead and tell everyone a little bit about yourself, Molly.
1: Uh, so, yeah, like Chris said, we work together. Um, I just started at the company he works for like, a few months ago, I just started this year. Um, and I grew up in Galveston, Texas, and I currently live in Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. I went to school in San Antonio, Texas, so definitely a Texas gal through and through. Um, I don't know, that's about it. I also play Ultimate Frisbee. I was just telling Chris that on Sundays I play Ultimate Frisbee at a park down the street from his house.
0: Yeah. Um... And I think, if I'm remembering where we first met, it was at Lake Houston Wilderness.
1: Yes, yeah, so it was at a previous job. I feel like I have this vague memory of kind of meeting you passing by at some other event or something you were doing there. But the first time I like really remember meeting you was at our, we did this like, <laughs> it was technically a Halloween event, but we couldn't call it a Halloween event because we, there's these homeschool groups that go to the park that are like very fundamentalist like religious very Christian oh, really? and they don't like Halloween so we couldn't call it a Halloween celebration we had to call it like some version of fall festival basically yeah so we called it like i don't know fall festival in the park or something boring because we couldn't say anything about Halloween because we wanted those homeschool groups to come Uh and you came and did we had these like multiple tables set up for like a night hike that we were gonna have people go on and have multiple stations Mm -hmm. and so chris came and basically put up a white sheet with uv light to try to get moths and other insects to come land on it and see what people saw on the sheet Mm -hmm. that's the first time i remember meeting you
0: yeah that's the first time i really remember meeting you If it was before, it was actually the same day that I met Jeremy, which is last episode, because that was the other time I was there previously. I,
1: yeah, I have like a vague memory of Lauren being like, oh, you've met Chris before, here he is again, and I feel like it was because you had been there at at
0: some point before then, But, but it
1: was just in passing at that point.
0: Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, so, um, and since we've been working together, we've also been going out in the field a lot together. Yes. And you're a long-time listener, first time. Yes,
1: love the podcast, (laughs) big fan of the podcast. (laughs)
0: First-time interviewee, Um, and um, we talk a lot about stuff that uh, came up during the show. Yes. Um, It's funny to call it a show, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, uh, and I don't know, it's been, we've carried on conversations that have continued on from basically previous episodes, so... Um So, yeah, and then also recently you recommended a book to me, um The Alchemist.
1: Yes, I had read it, and as I was reading it, I was like, man, this seems like a book that Chris would really like, yeah, and then you know, as I got further into the story, I was like, man, this main character reminds me a lot about Chris, like oh, really he's like this young man who if if your listeners haven't read The Alchemist, he is a shepherd, and he kind of has this impetus in his life to go on an adventure and at the beginning he's like weighing his life where he's like I mean I like my life it's fine the way it is you know I'm a shepherd I have my flock and get to roam the countryside and it's beautiful and I like this but I feel this urge to go do something different Mm -hmm. and he goes and does this different thing and throughout the whole time he's kind of like should I be doing this I feel a little bit of doubt Um, but kind of chooses to keep going through it and at the end is like I'm a different person I've learned so much. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, there's, of course, there's many different things to take away from the book, but like, without giving away any major plot points. I
0: know, right?
1: <laughs> That's about I'll all put, I'll say to give away any po- plot points. <laughs>
0: I'll put, um, I'll put a little disclaimer in the beginning that there could be spoilers for a book. <laughs> there may
1: be spoilers <laughs> for a book. <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, so uh, I found it interesting. I I really enjoyed it, and uh, well it ticked a couple boxes for me because I love the desert and there's quite a bit of desert in the story (laughs) and then I also love books with like lessons and I love like fictional books with lessons because fiction is always more fun to me and then but I still like and and having like something that came out of reading a book because like sometimes when you read a book and like it didn't for at least for me it doesn't like teach me anything i'm like well that was kind of a waste of time like (laughs) (laughs) i wanted to learn something um and so it filled both of those requirements not they're not that they're requirements but um just things that i like um and and then it kind of tied back i think a lot to something that we had talked about which is like um uh kind of the personal legend is what they call it in the book but another word for it, I think is like a purpose Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and this character, um, he kind of has this purpose, but his is like, it's very straightforward. It's like told to him almost. Yeah. And I'm wondering like how applicable that is to, to everyone and, you know, us deciding what our purpose is and, or if we have one and um, and previously talking with you about it, um, you mu- you shared kind of the same view that I shared or like I had for the longest time, which is like I don't really feel like I have a purpose, mm-hmm. right? I mean, am I speaking for you? No, no,
1: no, no. I I do agree. I don't think that I certainly don't feel that I have one specific purpose that I was. Well, mostly I think because I don't ascribe to the worldview that I was like created. I think of it more as like I just happen to exist in this moment, you know, as opposed to like there being a specific thought or something like a thought where it's like this being needs to be created, and I have created her, and her name is Molly, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like for me, it's difficult to think I have a purpose if I don't think that I've been created in that way. Right. Obviously, I was created by my parents, but like you know what I mean, like something like a, larger than a higher two power. People. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. And so, in that, like, not ex- not believing that there's a higher power that gives people purposes, um, do you find the need to come up with your own purpose? Or, like, does it bother you that you don't think you have a purpose?
1: It doesn't bother me. Um, I think that, I guess, one reason why people search for purpose is, among other things, is to search for, like, a motivation to do anything, you know, to get up every day and, like, exist and continue existing. Uh-huh. And so, like, I find motivations for myself, but they're kind of nonspecific. It's more like, oh, I want to experience more things and I want to learn more things, and so that's kind of, like, I get up every day with the expectation that I'm going to be able to do more things and learn more things, and I do every day.
0: Uh-huh. So, but do you really, like kind of think about that regularly or do you just No, I
1: don't wake up every morning and I'm like, "Ah, oh, today I'm going to do things and learn things." Yeah. You know, it's just kind of an abstract right expectation for myself that.
0: Yeah, I feel kind of the same way. I mean, if I'm not learning, then I kind of and I feel like stagnant. I I kind of I think get down. Um But yeah, I don't know. I I just I feel kind of the same way, I guess. Um, and after talking to a Ben, you know, I really enjoyed hearing his purpose <laughs> because it was really just pleasant. Like It was. Um, but I still haven't really given it much thought.
1: Yeah, I'll share like a kind of unrelated... Uh, well, it's like an anecdote and the setup of the anecdote is unrelated, but the ending of it is related to this, so let me get there. But um, I, I've told you before that... Like my dad, since getting remarried, has kind of like rediscovered religion. He was raised Catholic and then kind of wasn't anything for a while. And now, he's not really Catholic, but he's something pretty fundamentalist. Don't Mm -hmm. really know what to call it. Um, And so is his wife. And the last time... uh, I'm one of four. And so the last time we were all together at my dad's house, we're all adults, Uh, visiting him was for last Christmas. Mm -hmm. And my brother and I One of my brothers, my closest in age brother, um, and I are like pretty open about not believing in a higher power, and of course my dad definitely does. Uh, And so we were like sitting at his dinner table after dinner, and he and his wife were there, and then my other brother and his now wife were also there. And so I guess I should name them, because otherwise this is going to get confusing. So my brother Connor is the one who is also pretty outspoken about not believing in a higher power, and then my brother Sean... Uh, actually recently converted to Catholicism in order to get married in the Catholic Church with his wife. Mm -hmm. not wife. Um, So, yeah, we're all sitting there around the kitchen table and through a variety of ways uh, Connor and I's non-belief in a higher power came up and my dad's wife was like basically straightforward said I don't believe you can be a good person if you don't believe in God. Mm -hmm. She didn't quite say it in like a, you know... Neutral, well balanced way. It was kind of more of an attack. Uh Uh, In my opinion, of course, I'm biased. This is, you know, how I perceived it, but it didn't, it wasn't really like the tone she used wasn't as a conversation starter. It was more of like a kind of an insult in a way. Uh And um, I do think she genuinely thinks that. And I think that a lot of really religious people do think that. Uh But, um, you know, it led Connor and me to kind of try to explain ourselves and how we don't hold that view because of course i think most people think of themselves as good people or people with moral codes in some way and so we were trying to explain our moral code Mm -hmm. and so basically it was my dad and his wife were trying to say well our moral code is based around the bible and the lessons in the bible and the things that god and his uh mouthpieces on earth say is good and not good Mm -hmm. And that they were like, how could you possibly have a different view? You know, basically because there's no book or there's nothing telling you what's right and wrong. Mm -hmm. And so my brother Connor explained it. He was like, you should, or like our moral code would be closer to you have choices to make. And in each choice, there's one that will kind of net cause more harm to people. Or a specific person so you always have a choice between causing more harm and causing less harm Mm -hmm. and the moral code that we hold would be to choose the choice that causes less harm than the other choice Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and so that's kind of like when i was listening to the episode with abin that's kind of what it reminded me of where he was like my purpose is to you know make make things as good as possible or make other people as happy as possible or their situations as good as possible and that's kind of What Connor and I were trying to express to uh, my dad and his wife at that time was, like, not quite purpose, but the moral code is the same kind of thing. I want to make the world as less bad as possible, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of how I feel about what Ben was talking about in his episode.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, and I don't know, like, part of me just wants to be like, we all know what's right and wrong more or less like <laughs> right there's like l- little differences but a lot of what the bible says like i still believe in like a lot of those core values of like being nice to each other and, right yeah <laughs> you know, love my neighbor like, and whatnot yeah, yeah it, it's i totally like,
1: agree it's, it's not like, like, like everything the bible says is wrong or discountable or anything i'm not trying to say that at all
0: yeah and it's like just because i don't believe in the rest of it doesn't mean that i'm ditching all those values and i don't need a book right to point to it's just like no nah, i just i feel the same way about you know caring for other people right whatnot. so yeah i don't know it's i i actually was sent a video by my dad that was kind of the same deal it was like part of the reason that um uh i think it was about america which is even sillier now but it was like part of the reason that america is like uh the people here are, are better is because this country was like founded on the bible and like oh, dear. the beliefs of the bible and i'm like well oh. we're not exactly like being a great example of of the bible right now like as as yeah. a whole um especially like the truth coming out with this election of like
1: oh how much of
0: how yeah how much well i mean like and i hate to stereotype but like um I I kind of am under the viewpoint that if you're supporting Trump that you're openly supporting racism right and you know what, what we're finding out is that more half, people do ha- that than we thought <laughs> half of our country supports racism right um which is pretty shocking um so yeah I mean like and these are the people too that I uh I'm again might be lumping them you know too much but i assume that most of them are, are christian mm-hmm. um, and these are the people who are i don't know like they're sliding into like just this fear and hate mm-hmm. which is i don't know kind of sad but um you know i I feel like I've talked about it before but I want to be able to change people's minds I just don't know how
1: I have had no luck with my dad so I can't really give you any advice on that one
0: yeah I um, mean so my dad too I I didn't really convince him I so he's he was not a Trump supporter he is not a Trump supporter but he didn't vote He, he his view is I can't vote for either one of them so he just didn't vote.
1: What was his, uh, what held him back from voting for Biden? He's pretty, in my view, so he's like, you know, middle of the middle of the road to me, you know, he's just like an an old white man that's been in politics for a long time and he's pretty famous for being able to talk to both sides and create compromises, Mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, what moderates do. So to me, he's kind of like, you know, Joe in the middle.
0: Right. Well, my dad's Biggest issue has always been he's just he's one of these pro lifers who Oh right, I think you talked um about that. like that is his biggest hang up. He just can't get over like he he calls pro lifers baby killers. Or pro-choice, pro choice. Mm-hmm. Pro yeah, people who are pro choice, he's like, You're a baby killer. And it's like, come on. <laughs> uh that's not the intention behind, you know pro-choice at all it's not that we want to kill babies (laughs) (laughs) it's like
1: it's that there's so many there's so many other reasons why you shouldn't force a or somebody to have a baby if they don't feel that they're you know physically emotionally financially prepared for it or Mm -hmm. if there are other circumstances yeah i totally get that
0: yeah but he just he can't he can't shift his. no one can shift his mind i don't Mm -hmm. know i don't know what to do i mean like um But, yeah, nobody's going to change his mind on that, I don't think. I've tried. Um, But, yeah, so anyway. um, (laughs) (laughs) But, so, going back to purpose, yeah, I don't think it's ever bothered me that I didn't feel like I had one. But I think that ascribing one to oneself is, like, a good thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I just haven't taken the time to really think about one
1: do you think when or if you do do you think it'll change the way you behave in any way or do you think it'll just make you
0: I think the only feel better about what you're doing I think the only way it'll make me change really is if I if I make it a part of my life consistently like if I wake up in the morning and make like a little ritual out of it or something, you know, like light a candle,
1: think about your purpose, think
0: about my purpose. (laughs) And then like, you know, throughout the day, maybe think about it. Like when I'm in a situation where I'm like, am I fulfilling my purpose right now? I feel like I'm being kind of an asshole. Uh Then maybe I can like change it, you know? And, um, I think that's the only way it would really, if I just picked one and like wrote it down and like, I don't know or maybe even didn't write it down like just was like oh yeah this is going to be my purpose it honestly probably wouldn't change my life very much I would have to really make a Mm -hmm. point of thinking about it
1: why do you feel I mean you don't feel it doesn't seem like you feel super strongly about wanting to have a purpose but why do you feel that you want to have a purpose
0: yeah I don't know if I do Uh, I don't know if I really want to I I think that it could be a good thing but I don't know that I care that much to to actually do it. Mm-hmm.
1: I understand. <laughs> I totally understand.
0: Um, the other part to the book that I kind of wanted to talk about was, like, and I think it's tied, but, like, kind of this deterministic view of the world of, like, there's, there's this path for each of us to mm-hmm. follow, and, like, there's omens and things like that that can point you in the direction. And uh that stuff is pretty fun to think about. Um, I don't know how much I believe it. I'm just curious, like... I, I feel like I know what you're going to say, but, like, I'm curious what you think about the whole yeah,
1: thing. Yeah, I think one of the things that can be... that is fun specifically about the book and can be really alluring about literature in general is that we can give things meaning and those things can have meaning within the story that at least from my perspective in our lives they generally don't and so like and I don't really believe that there's a written out fate for me or for anybody else Mm -hmm. and therefore I don't really believe in omens because I don't really think that there's a specific path so there wouldn't be any warnings or advertisements for that path Uh because I don't really think it's there um, but I think it is really comforting to people to think that way mm-hmm. uh, and I don't really think there's anything wrong with it I mean if you think that seeing six crows in the sky means that you're going to have good luck I don't see why that's really a bad thing mm-hmm. uh, I don't think that myself mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't seem to be much harm but I do think that that's like that's one thing I really like about literature is that In most cases, it's very intentional on the part of the author because it takes so much time to write a story, and so every detail you add means something to you as the author. Mm -hmm. And so it can be fun to pick that apart and be like, you know, kind of considering in this story the author is God because they are creating it, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it can be fun to be like, what if I'm the story and there was somebody writing this for me, what what's the ending to my story mm-hmm. and are there clues to the ending of my story like there were in, in this book that I'm reading. Mm-hmm. I think that's really fun. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, and I think, I don't know, personally, when I've had, like, profound experiences or... Well, yeah, let's just say that. Like like my experience in March, Um. there were... Things that, like, I guess I thought about that was, like, wow, so much of my life seemed to be, like, leading up to this moment, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't know, like, had I not done this certain thing at this certain time or had I made a different choice in my path or whatever, this never would have happened. And then I still would have been, like, this depressed, you know, like... Mm -hmm sad person <laughs> yeah. and so like I started linking all these things together as like oh you know I I made this choice then and I made did this then and like they were all uh, like putting me on this path
1: mm-hmm.
0: and yeah it's been kind of fun to think about that but at the same time uh, my scientific mind is like there's no real path like uh-huh. you're just making you're making like a bigger deal out of something or I don't know you're just like uh-huh. so I don't know It's I kind of I do kind of think it's more fun to like make that, those
1: stepping stones into a path
0: think that way yeah. yeah
1: I totally agree I think it's very fun
0: um and maybe that's what life is really about <laughs> you know like <laughs> do whatever is like as long as it's not harmful like do what's fun mm-hmm 'Cause like the alternative is being this overly rational, scientific minded person who like is kinda jaded. Yeah. And like over it.
1: And yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> definitely not as fun. I totally agree. I totally agree.
0: <laughs> so I don't know, it's I I've definitely been finding it more fun to like Again, like I I'm not subscribing to any religion or anything, but like I'm open to talking about it with people now and stuff when I was pretty closed off. I didn't even really want to talk about it with people before you know um, so
1: was that mostly just because like you thought the whole idea of it was ridiculous yeah kind of okay. yeah,
0: pretty much it's just like why I even waste your time talking about this it's it's <laughs> <laughs> I mean and and at the same time, like I'll play d and d and like create up create these other fictional you know. religions and stuff even in in my world um and and yet i didn't want to hear about like religions that actually exist in this (laughs) world (laughs) um so yeah um i guess those are the two main things like from that book that i was kind of wanted to talk to you about there were a lot of I tend to read with a pencil and, like, underline as I read. And I underlined a lot of that book because there's a lot of, like, fun little lessons. Do you think
1: you're going to reread it?
0: uh, I mean, I flipped through it earlier today because I was like, oh, yeah, what what all did I underline? And I was kind (laughs) of... Some of it's just really fun, like, kind of bogus, but, like, really attracts me, like basically learning from the desert and like Mm -hmm. the desert is like the best teacher and all this stuff i'm like yeah the desert is is the best best teacher
1: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) like that (laughs) yeah
0: so you know definitely underline that stuff but there's a lot of it and actually um i guess another main thing was like listening to your heart Mm -hmm. um and um I don't know. That's actually a kind of a common theme in a couple of books I read. I read uh, Carlos Castaneda, The Teachings of Don Juan. Um, and I didn't really get a lot of lessons out of that book like I was hoping to. Really, the only lesson I got out of that was, like, kind of a follow your heart kind of thing. Or, like, follow the path based on love which is actually a pretty good, like, moral code. Mm -hmm. Um, But basically it's, like, anytime you're doing some kind of action where you're like, what should I do here? Just think about, like, what what action would be the most loving Mm -hmm. and go with that.
1: (laughs) There's a point in The Alchemist where, like, he's thinking about... He's got some choices to make. Uh-huh. And one of them is like, he could go back to this girl that he met, mm-hmm. um, who he knows he loves. Right. Or he could continue on this journey, mm-hmm. and he'll make it back to her eventually, but it was, it's going to be a lot later mm-hmm. than if he left at that moment. Um, I don't know how much to spoil the book. He doesn't choose to go back to her at that moment. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, in some ways, I guess you could say... He deviated from that. He deviated, that deviated from that, but in other moments of the book he is told like follow your heart and yeah, love is the best guide, basically.
0: Yeah. I guess that is a little contradicting, but I think he learns a lesson there and yeah, we're just gonna like full on the I'm just gonna spoil the whole book. I'm so yeah. sorry
1: to your listeners. <laughs> you should still read it, it's really good.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um but uh what was i going to say basically like he had to learn a lesson of like love is not possession like being possessive of someone or like mm-hmm. necessarily like having her there physically um and yeah i mean like i'm thinking about that and like now i'm thinking about tatiana's episode mm-hmm. and, like just not being too possessive when you're in love Um, but yeah um, so anyway uh, those are the three main well yeah the follow your heart thing they're all very closely related but I feel like those are the three big lessons in that book yeah I agree Um, okay we'll take a little break and we'll come back And we're back. (laughs) Hey, uh, so the other thing I wanted to talk to you about was, uh, you know, being scientific-minded and not so religious. I wanted to talk to you about, like, the whole what do you think happens after we die kind of thing. Um, Just get your take on that.
1: Yeah, so I guess one thing I would say is that I was like I went to private school when I was younger and like I said earlier my dad was raised Catholic so he you know and he's now currently very religious so like my family has a background of being very religious but in my home life I wasn't particularly religious even though I went to private school which was a Christian private school or several Christian private schools Um, so I do have like that was kind of the environment I was raised in and sometimes I can feel that some of my underlying framework for understanding things, I'm like, hmm, that feels very religious. Like, that definitely comes from uh, like a Christian understanding of the world and now sometimes I think things and I'm not quite sure that it's really what I think anymore but it's kind of ingrained into my uh, psyche, but this isn't one of them. Um, yeah, as a as a non-religious person I just kind of think well, I guess it goes to one main thing which is that I don't one thing that the, I feel like the Bible and I haven't read in it in a long time so I could be wrong about this but one thing I think the Bible does many times is assert that humans are superior over other animals like in Genesis when God creates the world he uh, like creates all these animals and says that they are for Adam and he asks him to name them and whatever mm-hmm. and so even just by doing that he's saying like kind of you are this king-like thing and these things are your subjects and so he puts like animals in a lower tier than humans and so like mostly what my thoughts on like what happens when things die comes from the fact that I don't think humans are different from other animals at all I think we are organisms that evolved on this earth over millions of years and we are all the same we just happen to have different adaptations from other animals and so I don't Like, I don't believe in heaven or hell. I don't believe that there's a special, like, secret ingredient in humans where they go to a different place and some version of their being exists in eternity. I just think that our bodies are physical. Our minds are fantastic and wonderful places, but I think that our bodies exist in the physical world and when our bodies die and decompose, all that we ever were dies and decomposes as well.
0: Mhm. No, yeah. I totally subscribe to that belief too. I, um. I think now more than ever, I kind of want to believe in uh, something beyond that. But like, f- you know, for the longest time, I, I was just like, hey, when you die, you die, and that's it.
1: Why do you want to believe in something else?
0: Um, because it's more fun.
1: That's true. But I don't know. Like, I, I don't... There's, it gives me so much anxiety the thought of existing for eternity.
0: Uh, I guess,
1: you know, perhaps the idea is that you exist in a different form, but like imagine being your same consciousness and your same collection of thoughts and understanding, but you have to keep going forever and there's never any rest or any end. Like that gives me anxiety.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, I just no. have to
1: sit in a, in what? Like, Paradise Paradise sounds boring. Mm -hmm. Like there's only so much. I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm probably if I were a religious person, I'm sure I would understand it in a different way. But like in my understanding, it's like kind of an embodiment of a physical place. Right. So it's got limits Mm -hmm. and what happens when I explore all of it, there's nothing else to do or learn. Mm -hmm. And then kind of going back to the, like, some sort of purpose or motivation thing there's nothing else for me to learn so what am I doing existing anymore you know Mm -hmm.
0: yeah well so I don't really think I'm like less so interested in like going back to the Christian view of life after death but I'm just I'm more so like I don't know maybe more interested in like the idea that they're alternate dimensions and stuff okay. like that.
1: Okay, yeah. Um. Ooh, I have like a little sidebar semi, it's not really a conspiracy theory, okay. but it is a theory and it's a little conspiracy Okay. Okay. Um, when you were a kid, did you ever read a series of books where the main characters was a, were a family of bears? Yeah. Do you remember the title of those books?
0: Yeah, I know this thing, but yeah. <laughs> uh the berenstein bears
1: yes except that it's not the berenstein bears it's the Berenstein bears it's spelled with an a with an a it's spelled with an a i thought the whole thing i I thought it was in but you and me and everybody else who read those as a kid remembers that the title was berenstein Mm -hmm. and it was spelled like b-e-r-e-n-s-t-e-i-n Mm-hmm. And I can tell you this because my mom kept all of the kid books that we had, and I checked after I read this, and wait, and they it's spelled are spelled with an A.
0: They are spelled with an A, They're the ones that we an, read with a, as a yes. kid.
1: The thing is, I remember asking my mother as a kid, Mom, do you pronounce this Berenstein or Berenstein, because it was spelled with an E, and I didn't know how to say it. So I remember specifically being like, it is spelled E-I-N.
0: Uh-huh. But when
1: I went and checked a couple of years ago on all of the books, it's spelled with an A. Uh-huh. Anyway, this is a long-winded explanation of i believe that it's just the mandela effect right the idea that uh that there are many perhaps infinite parallel universes existing at once mm-hmm. and we kind of slipped into a different one at one point point. Mm-hmm. and so at one point you and me and all the other people who remember it being spelled a different way we were all existing in a different universe mm-hmm. and for some reason we kind of got bumped into one where it's spelled with an A
0: Are there so is, which there is a definitely
1: a conspiracy theory kind of thing and I know it sounds a little crazy but if I didn't have that specific memory of asking my mom how it was pronounced mm-hmm. I would be like no it's bullshit I just don't remember correctly but I remember asking her how to pronounce it that's the only reason I'm like hmm that might be a real thing
0: yeah there's a few of those um, are you saying that there's a group of people who, who believes that it was spelled the other way
1: I don't know that I've really come across somebody who's like, oh yeah, I definitely remember it being spelled with an A, but there's lots of people be that are like, I don't really remember how it was spelled at all.
0: No, I mean, I definitely feel like it was Bernstein Bears.
1: Yes, uh, I do too!
0: But, yeah, there's a few. I know my buddy Scott like pointed out a, a few of those. There's, um... I swear there was this movie by, with Sinbad where he's like a genie or something. It's not I don't know. I can't remember. Is it an it's...
1: animated movie or no. Sinbad like the
0: I feel like it's called Shazam. Hmm. I
1: don't know if I remember that one. I do know that there are like multiple examples of the like idea of the Mandela effect. That's just the one I re- the one I remember most because we had so many of those books when I was a kid.
0: Yeah. I reading them. This is it. So Okay. Oh. When I was a kid, we used to go... We didn't have a blockbuster that we'd go to. We would get our movies from Albertsons.
1: You had a knockoff blockbuster?
0: (laughs) Our grocery store...
1: Oh, God. ...had
0: a little movie section. And I swear I remember seeing... I don't think I ever rented this movie.
1: That you remember seeing it.
0: But I remember seeing it on the shelves. Shazam! With Sinbad on the cover as a genie. But apparently this movie never really existed.
1: Interesting. Or if it did,
0: like it was in this alternate (laughs) universe where I'm
1: telling you, I I absolutely believe that. (laughs) I absolutely believe it.
0: So, I mean, I guess one of my thoughts about this whole, like, I think that there's absolutely a possibility of another universe. Yes. A possibility of it. Yes. And it's more fun to kind of believe that. Yes. And I think if there's possibility of one other universe then there's a possibility of you know who knows how many or infinite infinite universes in which case if we could somehow slip if we could somehow find ways to travel between them or whatever then potentially i think that you could live on in another dimension where like Hmm. you know the rules of aging don't apply or whatever
1: interesting Interesting so
0: i don't know that's kind of like Again, just a weirdo yeah, so weird. but it's were, more fun. It's more fun to think that way. I think.
1: Yeah. If there were a universe, uh, or a dimension where the normal limits of aging didn't exist, would you just continue living on for me personally? Yes. You personally. How? What would you choose to do? Were you afforded the cho- the choice?
0: I don't know. I. Um. I think if I learned how to travel between dimensions. <laughs> Which is a stretch because I don't I don't really expect to do this, <laughs> but I probably wouldn't ever want to stop uh-huh. doing that because like if there are infinite numbers of them, mm-hmm. like why why stop?
1: Why stop experiencing all these new things? Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um. So that's just a thought though. I don't know. Who knows? I could get really tired of just new dimensions. You know what I mean? It's like uh I've seen a lot.
1: <laughs> Time to rest. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready to go. I don't think you'd ever get tired of it. Actually, I think that you would find a dimension that was just all desert and you would stay there. <laughs> yeah.
0: Be the king of it.
1: Yeah. Have you ever <laughs> read the book uh, In This Game?
0: No, I haven't.
1: Um, that book is, it's really good. I read it like several times. I haven't read it as like a an adult, but I read it as like a young adult mm-hmm. and a child many times. hmm and
0: this ticks a box, maybe for me too, right? Are there insect like? Yeah,
1: there's aliens that are kind of insects. That are, yeah, they're like model off of ants and also bees. It's confusing, whatever. And I think in the book, the way they describe them is they kind of look like ants and mm-hmm. they're called formics or something like something anti. Yeah, very anti. Um, there's something with form. Anyway, uh, but they have like a hive mind. Like bees do, although, well, it's not really. well. You should read it. I think you'll probably like it. Okay. There's kind of a lot of violence and militarism, but it's still interesting. Um, anyway, the author of that book wrote like uh, 700 other books for some unknown reason in the same series. Mm-hmm. And so some of them, there's like a um, quartet of books that are like the Ender's Game series. That's and like the he, core group. Yeah. And then he just kept writing them. I don't know why authors always do that. They just like yeah. write all of these books about the same thing and write something different. Anyway. Um, And there are some, like, problematic aspects of those books, but everyone have to get into that. But one of them, um, a spoiler alert again. Sorry, guys. I'm spoiling all these books for you. Uh, Basically, Ender, who is this main character, and, you know, he becomes really famous for a certain thing that I'm not going to tell you right now because I want you to read it, (laughs) um, ends up traveling... Throughout the reaches of, like, the universe, and at this point, like, humans have the technology to colonize other planets, and so they're kind of spreading out. Uh Uh-huh. And then, you know, if you travel at or close to light speed, you age less slowly because, like, just the relative speed. Anyway, so he kind of travels for a very long time and outlives everybody he knows, and all these generations past this, and all these humans and everything... That's kind of how I feel about that. It would be kind of a similar thing where, like, you are existing in a way outside of the normal bubble of human existence. Mm-hmm. You know, if you were to hop between dimensions like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's kind of like what he was doing. He was experiencing all these new worlds because every couple of years he'd be like, Oh, time to go. I'm going to go light speed my way over to the other edge of the universe. And, mm. you know, everyone I know is going to be dead by the time I get there. Except for me and my little crew on my little spaceship yeah it sounds very lonely is what I'm getting to
0: (laughs) yeah for sure and isn't that like I feel like it's made very clear that like the immortal life is not necessarily a happy life right Uh, theoretically
1: because no one's ever experienced it so
0: yeah um I mean interview with a vampire that's what I think of if you're familiar with that. I'm not. Okay. <laughs>
1: you thought you were well, saying that he wanted to interview a vampire, and I was like, yeah, I think you should totally <laughs> interview a vampire.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, it's these vampires, and, you know, they've lived forever, and they're, like, they're pretty unhappy folks. Mm-hmm. You'd think, like, I don't know, I think everybody, well, not everybody, but a lot of people think, oh, how cool would it be to be, you know, to live forever, but I kind of actually don't think it would be that great. But... Mm-hmm. But maybe I think if you were so, constantly
1: experiencing new things, it would...
0: Yeah. Well, so much of me saying, like, I don't think it would be great is based on me being unhappy. But actually, I'm pretty happy now, <laughs> so maybe it would be. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it basically depends on your outlook, like, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, which kind of brings me to my next question, which is... Uh, Okay, so, you don't believe that anything really happens after you die. Are you frightened? Or, like, does that bother you in some way?
1: It doesn't, um, and it doesn't because... uh, This is kind of a tired argument that people bring up a lot, but it's kind of the best way of describing it. It's like, you know, I didn't exist for all these billions of years before this moment. Mm -hmm. I'm existing for this moment at some point, I'm going to stop existing again Mm -hmm. in the way that I'm existing now. And I'm not going to know. I don't know. You know, it's like, I wasn't conscious of myself before I existed. I'm not going to be conscious of myself after I existed. And so it doesn't bother me because I'm like, I'm existing now. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: What's there to worry about when I'm not existing. I won't know that I'm not existing anymore.
0: Right. Yeah. You can't, I don't know. Like there's no reason to be upset. Because you're dead. Yeah. Because your mind doesn't work anymore. Exactly. And
1: like
0: <laughs> <laughs> You can't be upset.
1: I think death or, like, the process of dying can be frightening and painful in and, and various ways. But the act of being dead, is not much of an act because I'm not really doing anything because I don't exist anymore, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this is something that, like, uh, I want to dig a little deeper into because, like, I have this whole idea... Mm-hmm. I've had this thought for so long that it's like still pretty true to me, but like I just don't really value my life that much. Not in a super sad way. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not like
1: my life is oh, what was me? Yeah, like whatever. No,
0: I just I don't really care that much. It doesn't make that much of a difference to me if I were to die tomorrow. Like I wouldn't be say I had the opportunity to be bummed I probably wouldn't I'd be like yeah yeah like
1: it's gonna happen sometime if yeah it happens tomorrow it happens tomorrow if it happens in 30 years it happens in 30 years something yeah. like that
0: yeah so I don't know for I think that bothers a lot of people um that I feel that way because it makes me sound suicidal <laughs> suicidal yeah
1: <laughs> which you're not no yeah I get that I think I think people's anxiety is that, maybe that, and I'm speaking for people that I'm not, so I can't say that this is necessarily true, but it seems like people's anxiety from death comes with the idea of being lost, kind of, like being lost in nothingness. Mm -hmm. I think that gives people anxiety because they value experiences in the present and in the moment. And so it's hard for us as, like, sorry for the super scienceiness, but, like, you know, primates, to envision something that is infinite and death is infinite. Like, once you are gone, you are fully and completely gone. Mm -hmm. That is just so difficult for us to wrap our heads around. It's like trying to imagine what a trillion dollars is or what the the size of the universe is. Mm -hmm. We can make smaller scaled comparisons of those things, but the idea of something so large compared to us is just, our brains aren't made made to do that because why would we ever need to do that Mm -hmm. as primates, you know? And so confusion is scary and nothingness is scary, I think. Mm -hmm. And the unknown. People don't like the unknown.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so do you kind of hold that same thought of like not really like I'm just curious what your thoughts are and like do you feel like you cling to life and like you're like uh
1: not really no I mean I think I enjoy existing yeah I think it's fun I think experiencing life is fun but yeah no not yeah same thing if somebody told me that you know I have two more days on my life and that's all there is I'd be like well you know it'd be cool to keep existing and experience more things but so that's all i got that's all i got
0: yeah i'm sure you'd try to make the best of this yes two days definitely before. i would
1: <laughs> definitely try to take i would play all the ultimate frisbee. just kidding i probably would but um
0: <laughs> two days is pretty short man i wish i'd have a little more notice just to do like one more trip
1: would yeah, like to yeah i was gonna say i'd like to do another trip
0: you but know that's but. okay Yeah.
1: Learn the piano again. (laughs) We had a leadership training today, and we all had to, um, that was like our icebreaker with this group of people that we work with uh, very closely every day. We had to get to know each other better. Um, So we all had to say like one goal we had, and mine was learn the piano. Everybody else's was a lot more grandiose than mine. Uh, But nobody guessed it was me.
0: Yeah. But we have a surprise at the very end of the episode. She's going to play piano. Oh, God.
1: (laughs) surprise I already relearned the piano
0: (laughs) (laughs) well we're just gonna listen to her relearning the piano yeah
1: good luck guys probably cover your ears (laughs)
0: uh but uh yeah I I don't know I think actually the idea I think it did stem from like a time where I was very unhappy I, I think it stems from my scientific mind and like being unhappy that's when i originally was like i don't really value my life that much mm-hmm. because well one of my big thoughts was like i'm i'm doing so much harm to this planet
1: mm-hmm.
0: like it'll be a good thing when i die like <laughs> because there's just one less i think less, that's funny because there's just one less human around yeah like you know spraying my co2 everywhere
1: i think that's very funny because just your impact as a single individual is so nominal. but I Me, do
0: think In particular?
1: No, just people. Well, yes, you in particular, but also people in particular. <laughs> okay. Like people, just in yeah, general. No, a people. single person. People, the, You know, yeah. the conglomerate of people do a lot of harm, but a single individual. You know, unless you're like the CEO of Exxon. Right, or but... Or Boeing.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not saying it would make a significant impact, but I I did think like, oh, but it... Like, it
1: would be a net... Yeah, for the planet. I guess. Right. I see that. Interesting, interesting.
0: I think that's where it stemmed from. And so does
1: that, the thought now kind of makes you, I don't know, push back on it a little bit? Because you're like, it stems from a place where I mentally am not anymore?
0: You know, not really. It's so ingrained in me that I just, I think of it now as like a very like zen way of thinking about Mm -hmm. my life. Like... I'm just, I feel content. And if I died, like, well, I was content. Yeah. When before it was like, <laughs> it would <laughs> it would cure me of my unhappiness. Now it's like, I'm content, so it's fine too. So I don't know, there's like different okay, reasons, yeah. but...
1: Same outcome, but different paths of getting there. Yeah. Okay, I like that.
0: Yeah. Um... all right well i think that's a good stopping place
1: yeah i think so too
0: okay cool well thanks for coming by and then we'll have of your course. little um spiel at the end do you I'm have any <laughs> no no we'll, okay. we'll make a separate segment okay but... do you want to plug anything is um, there anything where you want people to come play ultimate frisbee come with play
1: you? ultimate frisbee i love park um <laughs> 13th and shepherd uh, Sunday at two pm <laughs> just kidding, there's usually like thirty people there. It's like a lot of people. Um, but do please come if you want to, I guess. yeah <laughs> that's I, all
0: That's it. okay. Um,
1: I don't know. watch my brother's YouTube videos. I edited them, but they're not I didn't do a good job, so don't like critique them on the editing because I don't know how to do that and I just downloaded the first video editing software that was recommended to me on Google.
0: That's more than I do. I don't edit these at all.
1: I mean that's true. I stitched I'm a better segments, editor than Chris's,
0: but I don't. <laughs> I don't clip things out. What what you hear is I clipped is at least three things. <laughs> what you hear is what happened. <laughs> um so yeah. Okay, cool. Well thanks.
1: Yeah, thanks to you. That was really fun. All right. Thanks, K hey Duke. Hey
0: everybody, thanks for listening and stay tuned for Molly's piano recital after this. But before we get to that, there's some general business I'd like to cover. Um I choose a charitable organization each month to donate money to. Um, That's money that comes from listeners like you who um, can donate as little as a dollar a month, or it comes from people who listen because I make a tiny bit of money from each listen since I include an advertisement in my podcast. And at the end of the month, I take half of all the money that I've received from the podcast and I donate it to a charitable organization. This month, I chose the Thurgood Marshall College Fund. And it's the nation's largest organization representing the black college community. Uh, They basically provide scholarships for uh, black students to get into um, black colleges and universities. They also help these black colleges and universities with their capacity building, uh, research initiatives, uh, coming up with innovative programs for these universities, um, and more. Um, so please, uh, feel free to at least just spread the word about the podcast and get other people to listen to it because I can make money that way and that's probably the easiest way, um if you don't want to actually donate money yourself. Um, And I guess that's really all I have to say. Um, So enjoy this. Uh, It's not actually gonna be her playing the piano. Molly's gonna read something and uh, it's really great. So enjoy.
1: Okay, so I'm going to read a poem from the book, The House on Mango Street by Sandra Cisneros. And she's like a very famous Latinx author. I read some of her stuff in a class I took in college, and this is a poem, well, it's not a poem, it's a vignette called Darius and the Clouds. You can never have too much sky. You can fall asleep and wake up drunk on sky, and sky can keep you safe when you are sad. Here, there's too much sadness and not enough sky. Butterflies, too, are few, and so are flowers and most things that are beautiful. Still, we take what we can get and make the best of it. Darius, who doesn't like school, Who's sometimes stupid and mostly a fool, said something wise today, though most days he says nothing. Darius, who chases girls with firecrackers or a stick that touched a rat and thinks he's tough, today pointed up because the world was full of clouds, the kind like pillows. You all see that cloud, the fat one there? Darius said. See that? Where? That one next to the one that looks like popcorn. That one there. See that? That's God, Darius said. God? Somebody little asked. God, he said, and made it simple.